You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Castrovince, and this is our weekly look at the Chicago White Sox. I am joined by Scott Merkin. We are at U.S. Cellular Field. Not, for, for a little while not many more days I can say that. Merck, uh, this is, we, we've called it the cell lovingly over the years. What are we going to call the new place? I think the rate. There have been a few other suggestions that we probably can't put on the, uh, the podcast <laughs> at this point. But, uh, yeah, you, you pointed out earlier today that uh, this might be, barring a huge run made by the White Sox in yeah. this could be your last appearance at U.S. at the park. Uh, no, that's no, not, uh, that's not guaranteed, as they uh, like to say. There you go. Guaranteed rate the, the, field. The rate, the rate is low that they'll make the playoffs, but it's still it's still a possibility. Really? Not really, but a smaller possibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were saying earlier, I mean, the, the White Sox pretty have to win like 28 of 30, and, and then we can talk about the postseason. <laughs> well, here's the thing with the White Sox is I don't think anyone even on the team is really thinking. I mean, the players go out there to win every day. Everyone wants to win games. I don't think they're thinking about playoffs right now. You can't, th- you can't even say the word playoffs until you're 500. And as we tape this right now, they're four under with 34 to play. So basically, you know, yeah, they're seven and a half behind Baltimore, who hasn't played good baseball of late, but they're also four and a half behind the next closest team in front of them. Yeah. And so that means there's six teams four and a half or more ahead of them. So it's very unlikely. So, you know, I, I know fans are now torn because I think they'd like the team to do worse so they can get that protected 10th right, draft right. pick. I think that's just something going. they were rooting for down the stretch uh, last and season. And they got it on the last day of the year when last Seattle day. won, I believe. Yeah. So that, that gave them the 10th pick, which gave them Zach Collins, who they were who they were thrilled to get. Um, but and you know it made them made it able to sign free agents without losing the, you know, that first round pick. But yeah, I think it would take you know there's 34 games left. They'd probably have to win 25. Granted, they did go on a 23-10 run earlier in the year to start the season. I, I don't see it happening. I think they're just going to try and play good baseball. I think their offense is probably as strong a spot as it's been in since the um, since the start of the season with Tim Anderson short, with Avi Garcia healthy and hitting, with Justin Morneau providing a left-handed bat in the lineup. And Jose Abreu back to the form we, you know, grew to know the last couple of years. So I think, forget about the playoffs. We're just looking at playing good baseball for the last five weeks of the season. And they have played pretty pretty good baseball, even if the record over the last two weeks, even if the record is still yeah. somewhere around 500 during that time. Yeah, this time of year, in this situation, I was talking to Todd Frazier about that. You're just you're trying to round up your numbers, basically. You're trying right. to get your numbers in a better place at the end of the year. Uh, but you mentioned uh, Collins, the draft pick from this year. Two other draft picks from this year, uh, Zach Birdie and uh, Alec Hansen. They're both tearing it up in the minors. Rosters are about to expand. Right. Are we going to see these guys? I think, you know, it's funny. I think when Birdie got picked, there's always, you know this from covering baseball, bro. when you have that draft, when you have the draft, there's always those one or two guys who immediately people say, oh, there's a guy who come up right away. Chris Sale did that in 2010. Yeah. He's obviously the anomaly, you know, not, not the, the exception that kind of yeah. proves the rule. I think Birdie was thought in that direction. He still could, but I, I would think now with the team, as we just talked about, for the most part, on the fringe of the fringe of the fringe of contention, there's probably not much of a purpose to bring him up here, start his you know service time clock, and kind of throw him into action. I, I think they would have brought him up if you know you could have used him in, in some sort of chase like that, you know, some sort of to, to help the team. The kid throws 100 miles an hour; he can't hurt. But I think you know, pitching for Louisville, pitching in the postseason for Louisville pitching at different levels for the minor leagues and doing a great job, I think they'll probably let him rest. And then he's not going to instructional league, which uh, Collins and Hanson are, and then, you know, pick him up in spring training. And just to throw in uh, one more thing on Birdie, Rick Hahn talked to us, gentleman I talked to the other day, and he said, 
one of the things they wanted to focus on for him is a couple changes out of the stretch. The problem is he's not putting anyone on base, right. so they can't really work on the stretch <laughs> down there. So he's, he's that good. And then Hanson, of course, granted, pitching for Oklahoma Division One program, a little bit above the Arizona Rookie League and the great you know Pioneer League competition. Utterly dominant him. Just was, you know, I think his four of his last five starts, he gave up one hit or less and had doubled into strikeouts. Mm-hmm. They promoted him to Canapolis. He made his first start, I believe it was Friday. Had a good start there. So they really feel like they got something in the second round. Yeah. They've talked a lot about uh, Clay Overcash, who is the area scout who stuck with them. After the 15 draft, Hanson was kind of thought to be maybe 1-1 in 2016. Had a rough year with Oklahoma. Sox stayed on him. They believed they had something there. They believed they could fix what was wrong. And so far, such an early return. But so far, has been great in the system. Good stuff there. Uh, and then you mentioned the conversation with Rick Hahn. I know, referring to the Major League Club, right. he said that, look, I mean, this team just basically hasn't been very good this season, but injuries have been a part yeah. of that story. Uh, you know, Brett Laurie was one of their uh, big acquisitions last winter. He's a guy who's been injury-prone in his career. He's, he's dealt with some uh, issues this year. Uh, Austin Jackson is now done for the year. Uh, so, I mean, the injuries are part of the story here. I mean, let's cut to the chase. Rick was very accurate a few weeks ago when he assessed them as mired in mediocrity. That's what they've been. You know, even right now, you know, they get to seven under, and they play, like, three or four really good games and get to three or four under, and you say, hey, maybe they can go on a run, and they lose two more. Right. That's just pretty much their story. Or, you know, they kind of fade down the stretch when they when they have been really good over the last, you know, decade, really. Yeah. But I think, you know, the injuries have played a role. You can't deny the injuries have played a role. Austin Jackson... Not, not a powerful offensive force, but was a huge stabilizing force in center field defensively to lose him. And that, you know, allowed Adam Eaton to play the gold glove defense in right field that he has exhibited all year long. You know, the, Alex Avila has been hurt. He's been out almost two months and just came back yesterday and hit a home run. In his, or just came back Saturday and hit a home run in his, I think, second at bat. Again, I'm not sure if he turns a team around, but just having him there mm-hmm. is, you know, potential. And, and even, you know, Miguel Gonzalez hurt himself pitching in Kansas City, and he's been a great addition. Solid back on the rotation to start. And you mentioned Brett Laurie has been out since July 22nd. So also, and then let's not even go into the the handful of rookies who have come up and been hurt like in their first game. You know, Charlie Tilson, they acquired in the Zach Duke trade, injured in his first, you know, I think in like the fifth inning of his first game. Kevin Smith, the catcher, didn't even get to the start, hurt himself, hurt his back stretching. So yeah. it's been a weird year for injuries, which contributes, I think, to the mired and mediocre part. But they need to be better overall, there's no question. Yeah. They need better depth to handle these injuries, exactly. which they don't have. That's, that's really what it comes down right. to. And that, that's one of the I things said a lot been... to get to the better. I should have said that, and we could have moved on <laughs> well, to the Well, it's question. something you worried about going into the year. Was, exactly. Yeah, to, I mean, the system is getting better. It, yeah. You know, it's for a long time was ranked right at the bottom. Yeah. And it's still not, you know, even top half probably. But, boy, they're getting some better people. But they need they need that depth. That's what they really need to go for. They need options to turn to. And I think, you know, catching is one spot, especially they have Zach Collins coming. But he's still a couple years away. That's the spot they got to address in the offseason. Well, as we said, not much to play for in the standings at this point, except for perhaps that protected pick. Um, but something to play for on the individual level is Chris Sale and Jose Quintana, of course, still in the Cy Young race that is you know, still yet to be determined. There's there's no clear uh, number one in that race. What do you think of their chances here? Yeah, I read about this Sunday. I'm interested in your opinion. You know, I think people put a lot of value in, are they pitching for a contending team? And really, among the Cy Young contenders, if you look at the guys, the only... The only uh, the only two who are really in it 
are that are not contenders is sale and yeah. yeah, you know those are the, those well, are the only two not in a, some kind of race. My thought on that, I, I, I certainly feel like the MVP skews that way. Right. I, I feel like the Cy Young is a little more independent of right. that. Um, you know, some, but also having said that, I mean, it helps to be a, a very standout season. You know, cream of the crop, right. clear right. ace among aces, and we just don't have that this year. Sale and, and Kitana included. We just we don't have a, a clear number one guy. So I do wonder if they might be caught in the trap where it could be used as a tiebreaker, so to speak. And, and obviously that doesn't work in their favor. As of August 28th, they were tied for second with Tanaka in F War. Number one was Corey Kluber, yeah. who is you know probably probably, probably the favorite. So you know that that's uh, it should be an it should be an interesting race. But another thing, real quick, before we you know as we get to an end here, I think I don't know if you agree with this. I think wins almost have a bias against the pitcher now. Like for instance, I was looking at J.A. Happ and Rick Porcello. Both yeah. are excellent years. They really have good numbers across the board. It's not like they've won 17 games and have like 85 strikeouts. You know that they've had good years. But I think I remember Max Scherzer the weird year he won the Cy Young. I remember talking to Chris Sale about that and people saying, "Oh, you can't look at wins." Well, he had a great year besides yeah. the win. He earned those wins. I understand that. Quintana is a great example how wins don't matter, but there are pitchers where wins do matter. Yeah. And I think Happ and Porcello are great examples of that. So I, I think it's just a great race overall. And you know, any one of like seven could finish one or seven pretty yeah. much in that Cy Young race. Yeah. Guaranteed great race. Guaranteed uh, great race. From here at the Sunamini <laughs> Guaranteed Rate Field. The race. Uh, all right. That's us uh, checking out here. person all off season. <laughs> you're going to come to Chicago to tape it? Uh, we might have to work that out, Mark. We, we might be able to get that going. Uh, but for now, we're signing off from the cell, soon to be the rate. I want to thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.